Spring is in full swing and summer is just around the corner. A great time for a beach getaway at the Oceanfront Boardwalk Plaza Hotel in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Enjoy the best of oceanfront accommodations and amazing dining right on the beach, both with great views of the ocean and boardwalk. Enjoy a soak in the heated indoor spa pool or book the adults-only concierge level and relax in the rooftop hot tubs. Book online at boardwalkplaza.com or call 800-33 beach thanks to the boardwalk plaza for being the bridge podcast network sponsor if you have ever wondered what christians mean when they believe in a trinity or why do they believe in this three-in-one thing we're going to talk about that today i'm mark dickey and i'm burt miller welcome to the why do christians podcast Hey, welcome to the show. My name is Mark Dickey. I host the daily afternoon show on a Christian radio station called The Bridge. My co-host is Bert Miller. He's the lead pastor at Solid Ground Church in Lewis, Delaware. Bert, how you doing today? Mark, you know that I could use somebody, Dickey. <laughs> you know that I could use somebody. <laughs> I'm great, man. I'm great. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm really excited about this episode because... It's the Trinity. Yeah. What is it? Is it more than just the female lead in the Matrix series? Dude, I was wondering if we were going to make that (laughs) reference this episode. I'm glad we got that from the gate that that was said. Yeah. Carrie Ann Moss. Yep. Yep. She plays Trinity, Mm -hmm. and uh, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about today. But uh, this idea that, that God is three in one, is it... Uh, do we have three gods? Do we have one right. God who is three things? What right. What are those three things? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. Is mm-hmm. there a difference? No. <laughs> next question. <laughs> Moving on. Next yeah. episode. <laughs> but uh, we actually had someone text in to the station. Mm-hmm. I put a call out on my show. Like, hey, if you have Christian uh, questions about Christian culture, I'd love to talk about them in the, in this podcast. And mm-hmm. so uh, we had an anonymous person text in. Uh, she said, I remember a lady when I was in the hospital. Uh, she was trying to explain. So I, I imagine this person was, was in the hospital and uh, some sort of pastor or chaplain chaplain so, yeah. came in. Yeah. So she said, I remember a lady when I was in the hospital trying to explain the Trinity to me that God was three persons in one. And I totally didn't understand until years later, as I got deeper into reading and studying God's word, it was like, suddenly I was enlightened. And mm. that's, that's just one of the, the, the cool things, the unique things I think too, about our faith is you could believe something or be told something mm-hmm. for years and years and years. And it's not until somebody so, just says it somebody yeah. or it sparks it, it sparks brings it, it up uh-huh. or you're like, wait, I've never thought about it that way before. Yeah. yeah. So uh, let's talk about the Trinity. Today. Yeah, dude. I'm glad that we are there because it is an essential Christian doctrine. When we talk about things that Christians believe, um, a popular phraseology is that there are open-handed and closed-handed uh, beliefs. In other words, you can picture like a hand, you know, being open or closed, right? So there are certain things that the hand is closed. Uh, we can't disagree on this and be Christians, right? Like, mm. like if you deny this, you're you're denying uh, things that define this religion. 
Um, but there are other things that it's open-handed, like we could disagree about that and still be Christians, still be uh, brothers. And um, the Trinity is absolutely a closed-handed issue. Um, and I would say that very, very gently and not to be demeaning, but if you're part of uh, any kind of group that would even, I mean, even say that they're a church, um, if it's a church or group that denies the Trinity, the group is not a Christian group. It's that essential mm. to the Christian group. So, for instance, most notably, um, like Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, uh, Oneness Pentecostals, they okay. would they would they would use Christian terminology, uh, but they are not Christian groups. They are their own religions, cult, cult. However, you want to say that, yeah. Whoa! So you just use the word cult to describe them. Like for me, that's a really heavy term. Almost, <laughs> I, right. I like. I feel like that's like shots fired. Like, like, right, right. Is yeah, it appropriate to use that. Term? I know, right? Like, I say that, and you think, like, I don't know, Heaven's Gate, or you know, suicide cults, or uh, I don't know. But yeah, yeah. I, I think it. That's not what I'm saying with that. But it is. It is the appropriate term. I know that's that's not comfortable to say. Yeah. Um. But a cult is basically this. A cult is a group of people who. Um, we're talking about a Christian cult. They claim to be part of the religion, yet they deny essential truths of the religion. Okay, so when it comes to things like Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses, um, they would they would probably claim themselves to be Christians. In fact, they probably say they're, they're the true Christians. Um, but there are essential Christian doctrines that they deny. So, for instance, the Trinity they deny. Um, God's method of saving they would deny. Uh, essential uh, Christian belief is that we are saved by grace through faith. Um, they're going to redefine what that means. In other words, they're going to advocate what's called a works-based salvation, that you have to do these things in order to be accepted by God. That flies in the face of the New Testament. Um, and so there's just there are things that Christians have historically believed. Uh, the nature of the Bible would be another one where we would say, all right, Scripture is God-breathed, it's inspired, but what they would do is they would come along. And with the, with Mormonism, they would say, all right, yeah, but the texts that we have are corrupted and we need uh, the, the Book of Mormon. That's where uh, Joseph Smith got it right. Uh, Jehovah's Witnesses would say the the New World Translation is the only accurate one. The other ones that are out there are uh, corrupt, and so we would say like, well, I mean, the evidence for that's a whole different episode. But but yeah, I, I think the term cult is absolutely apt because they're denying essential Christian doctrines, things that make us Christian. And Christian meaning Jesus died and rose again for my sins. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a little more complicated than that because they they would depending on the movement they might affirm that but they would have differences in terms of the way that god does that in other words like what it takes for you to be saved who god is as a person the nature of god and that's Mm -hmm. actually why trinity is so essential because we're talking about the very being of god himself so to deny this something that christians have held since the beginning of the church um and the beginning of christianity uh to deny that is to deny something foundational about uh, God Himself. The word Trinity, actually, and it's just so that we're clear, right? Like the yeah. What is the Trinity? Okay, yeah. So uh, the word itself <laughs> literally means or it's broken down from tri-unity or three in one. Oh, cool. Yeah, I yeah, didn't yeah. Know the unity part. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Three in oneness. Okay. It was first coined by a guy named Tertullian uh, about two thirteen A.D. in a in a uh, work he did. Tertullian was one of the church fathers. Um, it, it was called Against Praxius um, and what he was talking about, it's not that he came up with the theology, but he articulated it to defend the theology that the church was already believing and practicing, okay? Mm. Because the Trinity says this. It says, we believe in one God, okay? So Christians Christians do not believe in multiple gods. Um, 
in the sense of, you know, us worshiping multiple gods. Like we believe there's one God who is supreme, who is above all, okay? And yet we believe this God has revealed himself in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, okay? Mm. All are God, all have always been God. Like so, and he, he's an eternal God, which means he has no beginning, he has no end. And so we believe God the Father uh, is part of the Trinity, but he is distinct from God the Son, who has also always been God and is as much God as God the Father. Uh, God the Son is Jesus. Correct. Um, and then you've got God the Holy Spirit, who is also co-equal. He's, he's as much God as the Father. He's as much God as the Son. Um, but this is the Christian belief. We believe in one God who has existed forever in three persons, and this is what's called a trinity. That's where that, that, that term comes from. Okay. Um, historically, uh, how we got there... Um, it's, it's, it's kind of neat. So, because, you know, some there's years ago, I'll, I'll say it like this. Years ago, I was at, um, I'm, I'm going to make myself sound smarter than I am. So, let me just give context to it, okay? So, I was at a lecture at Harvard, okay? I know, okay, see, I, I, have, I, I, have to give, I have to give context for that, okay? I did not go to Harvard. I went to a school down the road from Harvard, okay? <laughs> But like a neat thing uh, up in Massachusetts, there was they had like a, an educational collective where you could go to different schools and da da. da. Huh. And uh, a professor from my school was doing a lecture at Harvard with a, a students' league, and um, he was he was giving a defense of the Christian faith. And, and a, a student who was not a Christian got up during the question time and he said, "You know, how can you believe in a Trinity when we know for a fact that 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 wasn't developed until the third century?" Okay. And what he's getting at right there was Tertullian, where Tertullian in 213 uh, comes up with the word Trinity. Hmm. Okay. And my professor said, you know what, I, I appreciate the way that you've articulated that question, but I think you're doing what's called a revisionist history, which is like you're, you're inserting things into it. You're changing historical uh, facts to, to fit a particular kind of narrative and scope. Um, wow. the tr- yeah. The, the truth is, since there have been Christians, Christians have believed in a Trinity, even though the word itself didn't come up until Tertullian. Um, so h- how they got there was this. I mean, there's there's precedent for God being one and yet multiple persons in the Old Testament. Um, and it's important <laughs> to realize because uh, the, all of the founders of Christianity were Jewish, right? Um, but you can think about like the earliest, uh, the f- first chapter of the Bible, right? Uh, when when uh, it says like Genesis 1-1 in the beginning, uh, God created the heavens and the earth, Right. Genesis 1, 2, now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and then listen to this, Mark, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Mm. So the Holy Spirit shows up for the first time right there in Genesis 1, 2, but it, it continues, like in Genesis 1, 26, like when God is talking about making human beings, he says, and listen to the way that God speaks right now, this is before like everything. He says, uh, Genesis 1, 26, then God said, let us make mankind in our image. So they may rule. Um, and we would say this is one of the first Trinitarian references in the Bible. Now, some hmm. people, they, they push back on that. And they say, no, what God's doing is he's, he's talking in the royal we, like, you know, like sort of like, like the queen, we are not amused, that type of thing. <laughs> um, the issue with this, and, and there's, a, there's a brilliant, brilliant theologian slash Bible scholar named uh, Wayne Grudem. Um, in his book, Systematic Theology, he points this out that, look, that can't be the case here because there's no other instance in the Old Testament of God talking about himself in this way with this sort of royal way. It's not there. Oh, okay. Um, and so we would take that to say, all right, yeah, that's probably Trinitarian. I mean, we could talk also about Psalm 45 where, where 
David says, your throne, O God, will last forever. And he says, like, you know, therefore, God, your God has set you above your companions. So you've got two persons being called God in one passage. You've got uh, Isaiah 63 uh, talking about how the Spirit of God is grieved. I mean, we could go on and on. But that's Old Testament. So when when the New Testament comes along, it's not as though this idea is just coming from nowhere. They've, okay. they've been thinking about it. But then the the New Testament uh, authors and the apostles, they're they're confronted with a weird reality, which is when Jesus Christ comes, he shows up and acts and does things in a way that only God does things. So he's different than a prophet. So like over and over again, in the gospel narratives, Jesus is doing things that is res- are reserved for God alone, whether, whether that, you know, he's being worshiped. Um, you don't worship a prophet. Um, we could talk about, I mean, like sometimes people, what they do is they get tripped up and they're like, well, where, like, where's the verse that says, you know, Jesus, he says, I am God, right? Well, I mean, th- there are some places in John where, you know, I'm speaking to you. I am he, or before Abraham was, I am, um, which is him saying that was before Abraham. The I am is, uh, it's referencing uh, Moses where uh, God says to Moses, I am that I am. Um, but beyond that, it, it's his actions. Think about like um, one of the most famous miracles of Jesus in the New Testament is uh, where he walks on water, right? I mean, that's kind of like he comes walking up to the boat, like across the waves, that's like, okay. Any, any person who's living in the first century who's Jewish, that's a callback to them from to the book of Job, um, where this is, this is how God is described in Job nine eight. He says, "He alone stretches out the heavens and treads on the waves of the sea." Hmm. Like the one who walks on the waters is God. Same way, like when Jesus rides in the clouds, this is this is language. Who, who rides in the clouds? God does that. Um, we see that with Daniel. We see that um, with. Uh, it's also uh, in Job, but like you, you find Jesus saying and doing all these things that are reserved for God alone to do. And then, and so his, his followers from the jump, they begin to interpret these things and they're going like, hold on. We've understood that, that there's more God than we realize. He's God. And he taught us that explicitly. He demonstrated that explicitly. Let's make sure that, and we, and we saw that explicitly. So you, know, you can think about like the baptism of Jesus. This is why um, the scripture doesn't support the idea that, you know, some people that there was an early church heresy called modalism, which was the belief that, no, like, God essentially, he changed costumes behind the scenes. So, he was he was God the Father for a while in the Old Testament, and then, like, he went up to heaven, oh. put, like, came back on some, some flesh, and then went up, and then came back as the Holy Spirit, like, kind of like Tina Turner changing, like, dresses mid-show, you know, type of thing. Um, but that doesn't work, because you have members of the Trinity interacting with each other in the Gospels. Like, think about Jesus' baptism in Matthew uh, 3, 16, 17, where when he comes up from the water, it says uh, that the Spirit of God descended on him like a dove. Okay, so you have the Holy Spirit and the Son, and then a voice from heaven says, this is my Son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. So you have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit together in one space. It's why Mm -hmm. in, in the Great Commission in Matthew 28, where Jesus says, like, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But it's not there, man. Like, you could think about, um, like, John, who was Jesus' best friend, right? When he's writing his gospel, the way that he opens the entire thing, when he's setting up who Jesus is as a person, he says in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay, well, how can he be with and also? The answer is because he's a trinity, and I think this kind of makes sense, man. Like, if we if we believe the scriptures where they say, I think it's First uh, John, I want to say uh, 4, 9, I, I could be off on that, where it says uh, God is love, right? 
I mean, that's a famous verse. Mm-hmm. Um, love necessitates an object, right? Like, if love is just warm, fuzzy feelings, no, nobody thinks of love in that way in the New Testament. Agape is um, it's self-sacrificial. It's all these things. Love requires a target. Okay, well, how do you, how do you have a target if there's a created being? That, that means that, like, there was a time that God wasn't love if he's not a trinity because love requires someone or something to love. But if the Son is eternal, uh, if he goes on for the Spirit is eternal, you have love demonstrated within. Another, another popular phrase with the Trinity is called the Godhead, which is, it, mm-hmm. I mean, means Trinity, same, same, same deal, but like the, these members of uh, the one being God. Um, and the hard part is, the hard part is, it, it's difficult to articulate because we have nothing else like this in creation, <laughs> right? So what we try to do sometimes is we try to come up with illustrations of, oh, God, like God's a Trinity, it's like this, only no, it's not. You know, so like some popular mm-hmm. ones. Well, you know, you got you got an apple, right? And you got the you got the skin, you got the the, the middle, you got the core. Um, well, yeah, those are all. Those don't have personhood. They're not necessarily the same thing. Same with them. Um, you know, I so I thought of one while we were talking. Yeah, and go. so I want to see if what I thought of holds up. Do tell. Okay. Uh, we're a radio station. Mm-hmm. That's the that's that's where I work at the bridge. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have somebody who who's over everything. We have a boss, mm-hmm. and then we have different departments within it. We've got our events people mm-hmm. who are the literal hands and feet, mm-hmm. and then we have finance people. We have different, and so like if God's like the boss and Jesus is like the hands and feet. Mm-hmm. I actually don't have one for the Holy Spirit, so now it's falling apart. But the radio signal, I don't know. <laughs> you know, there it is. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I, I get the thought. But again, like all those illustrations are going to ultimately break down because at the end of the day, you are not, like the boss, and you are not the same person, right? You're uh, separate. You're separate. Yep. yep there yeah, it goes. Same with like water, uh, steam, and ice. That's another one. Different forms. Well, no, it's not just forms. We're talking about one and three at the same time. Like it ultimately breaks down. But I think we should kind of expect that because if we could pigeonhole God within creation, it means that he fits within creation, you know? <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> hey, Mark, do you like commercials? I do. Don't we all? Wouldn't it be great if we had a sponsor for this podcast? Mark, nothing would make me happier. Well, you could sponsor this podcast by contacting us at podcast at wearethebridge.org. You could be a hot dog stand. A a cheese grater company. You could sell furniture. Or (laughs) Wi-Fi. Contact us at podcast at wearethebridge.org. I I think that's it. I think we got it. What's uh, somebody said, uh, if I understood God, then I wouldn't want to worship him. It was something like that. Mm -hmm. Like if I could wrap my mind around how God did everything, then... Yeah, and that's, that's that's the hard part is we, we want to be able to explain everything. But I just think there are some things that we can't, um, and that's okay. Like, the the question – but the same way, what we shouldn't do is we shouldn't go, okay, well, because I can't understand it, that means it's true. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, what's the clear testimony uh, of the Scriptures? And, I, and the Scriptures are just absolutely clear that God is a trinity. So what, so what you have – I mean, look, like, let me give you one other verse as an example, okay? Because usually people – when there have been what are called heresies, which are uh, things denying essential Christian doctrines, 
they usually center around the godness of Jesus. That's not like normally that's where people are going to get tripped up. They'll say things like Jesus is a created being or he's less God than the Father or what have you. Um, Christians historically have not believed this. They believe he's as much God as the Father. When he prays, it doesn't make him less God. He's teaching us how to pray. Um, he's modeling mm-hmm. godliness for us. But, you know, look, Paul writes it like this in Colossians 2 9. He says, For in Christ the fullness of the deity or the fullness of God lives in bodily form. That's a powerful statement because think about what he's just saying there. The fullness, meaning everything that makes God God is in the person of Christ. That, that, that means that he can't be less God than the Father. And so what, what you see happening is um, historically the, the church, they believe this from the jump, and then time goes on and and you know, years go by, and people begin to articulate things in a way that are just not in keeping with how Christians had always believed it, how they knew the people who knew the apostles, people who had, uh, you know, been around for this and, and been discipled by them. They knew, okay, this, this doesn't line up with what we've been taught. It's neat, it's philosophical, but it's not our faith. And so that's when you start to see things like uh, this term Trinity comes along because they're trying to clearly identify what it is that they believe to preserve it. Um, you, you go to in about there, there's a there's a few of them, but the first one would be the Council of Nicaea in 325 AD, where they they meet to preserve what they're believing. Um, I believe it was yeah it was it was from there in Nicaea they were combating a uh, a heresy called Arianism, which is not the Nazis. That's not what that is. Um, Arianism was the belief that Jesus was a created being. There was a time when he wasn't God, um, and so they they have what was called the Nicene Creed. Uh, it starts first. First, the first uh, draft of it, if you will, start. It comes in three twenty-five AD, but they revise it again in three uh, eighty-one. But I just thought maybe let's just read this because this is what they historically believe. They said, "Yeah." Uh, the first one says, "We believe in one God, the Father Almighty." Okay, great. Maker of all things, visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, begotten of the Father, the only begotten. That is, of the essence of the Father, God of God, light of light, uh, very God of very God, begotten, now listen to this phrase, begotten, not made, meaning coming from God, but that doesn't mean that he's a created being in the way that we are, okay? Mm. So, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father. And that phrase right there that uh, we translate as one substance is the Greek word uh, homoousion. And so, two parts, okay? You've got homo, meaning one, like same, same substance, and ousios, uh, meaning substance, okay? So, one substance, like that's mm-hmm. that's what that means, okay? So, that's that's what they articulate in 325 uh, AD, but then they realize, okay, we've got that, some more stuff comes up, that's also the guys we need to articulate that the Holy Spirit is also God. So, in 381, they say this, um, they add the line, they say, and we believe in, or, or and I'm, I'm adding the we believe, but just for the sake of sentence, uh, and in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, uh, who with the Father and Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets in one holy Catholic, meaning universal apostolic church. Um, And then they go and say, I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. That's the Nicene Creed. Hmm. Um, And so it's really important to realize that this is, essential Christianity. To deny this is to change the very nature of who we believe and what we believe God is. And so, it's a really big deal. 
So it's a big deal. Why, if you can boil it down, like, why do we need it? Yeah. Like, why can't we just, why can't he just be God? Right. Right. Because it affects every way that we relate to God. Okay. So I'll, I'll give you some examples. All right. Um, and again, I'm getting this from Grudem's book, Systematic Theology, where he breaks down, I think, six of these things. But I'll, I'll just give you a few. Sure. Um, first one would be this. The atonement is at stake. In other words, our sins being cleansed and forgiven and us being saved hinges on Jesus' divinity. And the reason it does, Grudem says it like this. He says, if Jesus is merely a created being and not fully God, then it is hard to see how he, a creature, listen to this, Mark, could bear the full wrath of God against all our sins. Could any creature, no matter how great, really save us? Hmm. In other words, if the fullness of God's wrath is poured out on Jesus, if he's less than God, he can't take it. All right? Hmm. Um, it, it also means, and this is a big one, it means that justification by faith and essential of the Christian church, right? Like we are saved by grace through faith, like by believing in Christ, this is what saves us, right? Okay. If Jesus is not God, it means justification by faith is up for grabs. And this is, by the way, why uh, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses who deny the deity of Jesus, deny the Trinity, they don't believe in justification by faith, okay? Um, because if Jesus is not fully God, then how can we trust him to save us completely? Because God is the one who saves, right? Hmm. And so if he's not fully God, it affects our salvation. I mean, we continue, listen, if Jesus is not God, if God is not Trinity, why pray and worship Christ, Right? I mean, like, who but God should be worshipped? And also, how about this? If Jesus is a lesser, like, if he's a created being, well, we know that only God is omniscient, right? That he knows everything, that he sees everything. Okay, well, how can we pray to Christ in that case? Because it limits what he can hear. You understand? Like, it's, it's a, like it, it completely changes how we relate to God. One other one, and this would be a, a big one. If Christ is a creature, okay, like, he's created, then that means we're crediting our salvation not to God himself, but a thing, right? It means that God is not the one saving us, that instead it's this guy. Hmm. Um, and so the entire nature of the way that we relate to God, if we deny the Trinity, um, it all goes up for grabs and it all changes. Um, and I, 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 w- I would say not, not, to be, not to be flippant, but it's just the reality to deny the Trinity is to embrace such a heavy word. I don't throw this word around. It's to embrace heresy and it's to deny the Christian faith. Hmm. And so, like, when we say, why do Christians believe in the Trinity? It is a distinctive, like, if you don't believe in the Trinity, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sure you're a great person, but you're not a Christian. Hmm. Th- thank you for not throwing that word around yeah. and, and being very careful with it. Uh, but there are so many different forms of Christianity Mm -hmm. and when, when you, I don't know, when you see a whole bunch of different versions of something and they all have their own slight differences and Mm. you know what? The scripture isn't a hundred percent clear on this. So we, it's okay. You talked about the open hand, closed hand. Yeah. Yeah. And when you have that many different belief systems, some of them that take a lot of the Bible and believe a lot of the Bible, but don't believe on the, the closed hand thing. Like, no, this is non-negotiable. Yeah. This, if you don't believe this part, then you don't, you truly don't believe in the same God, in the same God. Yeah. Jesus said he was. Yeah. And so it's, it's funny to hear out loud. Yeah. That you're not 
that you're not Christian if you don't believe in the Trinity. Right. Well, no, but look, man, I, I don't think I've, I've told this, this story in the podcast before, but if I have, sorry. Give <laughs> um, <laughs> you the obligatory pastor. I was on a plane story. You know, you always have that. Like, there's like the pastor's always on a plane going somewhere, right? Like, <laughs> I was on a plane. I'm not on planes very much, but this time I was. And I was sitting next to a guy who uh, was a Muslim. Uh, he, he, and he was saying to me, he said, you know, like, we basically, we have so much in common, we basically believe in the same things. Um, and I said, no, we don't. I'm not, I wasn't rude about it and sort of articulated sure. this. But what he was getting at was, you know, like, listen, I, you guys believe in Jesus, I believe in Jesus. I'm like, well, y- you believe that he existed, but the difference in our religions is that you believe Jesus was just a prophet. Um Islam teaches that Jesus didn't actually die on the cross, that Allah rescued him at the last second, and that he ascended up into heaven. Well, that means that his, he has not borne our sins on the cross, he has not risen from the dead. These are essential Christian doctrines. Mm. Um, so we might use the same words at points, but the nature of the religion is completely different. And again, if you've got a movement that says, oh yeah, you know what, I think Jesus saves, okay, but do you believe that he's God? Well, no. Well, then you're reframing how he saves. Hmm. Um, you know, a few years ago, I, I our, our church, we were going through the Gospel of John, and um, we the very first talk in that, that uh, I want to say series, but it was bigger than a series because it was the whole book, um, was we were going through John 1, where, you know, in, I read earlier, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. And I said a thing that to me was just a given, um, where it's, you know, have my little slide on screen and just, okay, what do we learn from the jump? We learn, like, what does John want us to say? We learn that Jesus is God. How do you know? It's, it's right here. It's plainly here, okay? To me, that was a duh thing, but I'll tell you what, I got an email that week, and there were, and there's a really sweet girl, and she just wrote in, and she said, I don't understand how you can say that Jesus is God because he's the son of God, right? And it turns out she had been raised in a tradition that denied the deity of Christ. And so we had to just sort of have this conversation of, like, hey, here's why Christians believe this, um, but it is essential to what this faith is. Mm. She does raise a, a decent question. You know, if, if mm. Jesus is the son of God, naturally you would think, okay, son and father are different things. Right, right. I can see, I can see where she's coming <laughs> from. Yeah. Well, you, yeah, you could also couple that with, you know, there's, there's passages that talk about him being the firstborn of creation, right? So some people, they'll, they'll misinterpret that to mean that, okay, he was the first thing created. Um, the, the difficulty is how clearly the New Testament says, that, like, no, there was nothing created apart from him. Like, through him, everything was made. This is his divinity language. So um, we would say son of God and also just uh, firstborn, a thing to realize that this is royalty language. Um, so you know, we, we could say it like this. Um, if, if Jesus, uh, well, let me rewind. This language of being the firstborn of creation um, what this is talking about is that he is above all of it. Um, so it's not that, okay, he was made like everything else. It's that he is the king of all of it. Well, who's the king of all creation? Well, according to the Bible, it's God. Um, in the same way, like him, you know, being the son of God, you, you, that has to do with his relationship with the father, um, that you have this, this eternal connection between the two. Um, but at the same time, you find, and, and let's just be clear here, uh, there are there are things that the New Testament uses to talk about the royalty of God that it like they they the New Testament authors will attribute it to 
uh, like Old, Old Testament passages that are clearly speaking about God, they'll attribute them to Christ. I, I'll give you an example, okay? So, for instance, um, this is the author of Hebrews uh, quoting, uh, this is, he's, he's quoting Psalm 102, and he says this, he says, uh, in the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth. The heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will wear out like a garment. You will roll them up like a robe, uh, like a garment. They will be changed, but you remain the same. Your years will never end, okay? And so, yeah, it's clearly that like God is the creator of everything, right? I mean, that's, okay. But listen to this. Two verses earlier, the context is that the author is talking about Christ. And so he says, but about the son, he says, your throne, O God, will last forever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, I referenced this earlier from Psalm 102, um, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. And this is something that we find, like, this is royalty, right? He is, he is God, the son. He's the son of God, meaning he is God's anointed king. Uh, you could think about um, David talking about this with, like, um, today, like, like, you are my son. Today, I've, I have become your father. Does this mean that, like, God wasn't his father before then? No, it means that um, he, he, it's his kingdom being inaugurated. So that, 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 that's the differentiation there. It's not that by saying Jesus is the son of God, that that means, oh, they're different guys. Nobody who, who's writing the New Testament would have looked at it that way. It has to do with his kingship. Hmm. What's funny about this question, why do Christians believe in a trinity? I guess I would have never expected the answer to be that intricate. Mm. And yeah. so thanks for spelling all that out, Bert. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we've raised a question, a new question for you as you've been listening to this. We would love to hear from you. Uh, we just like we had a friend write in this initial question. Yeah. We would love to answer your questions, uh, whether it's one-on-one or on the po- podcast through email. Uh, e- send us an email at podcast at wearethebridge.org. And whether you're just like, hey, that point you made, could you answer it real quick? Or uh, or maybe you have something you'd like to be on the podcast. Send those questions to podcast at wearethebridge.org. Thanks for listening. <laughs>